Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Market Out episode 545. Unfortunately, this past week, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff passed away at the age of 71. Um, I think most wrestling fans uh, in this era would know him from WWE. Yeah, for I, I definitely agree with that. 100%, I would say. He made evented WrestleMania 1 teaming with Rowdy Roddy Piper against Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. Um, I remember outside of WWE, I probably first knew him from his very few appearances from late, like, 99-2000 WCW. That's probably where I like first started to to know Paul Orndorff, but he was in WCW in the early 90s. Before that, I'm sure people knew him from the NWA and other companies, but uh, I remember after that, like as an adult in like 2014, I remember popping when he showed up to Hulk Hogan's birthday celebration on Monday Night Raw because he was in gimmick with the robe. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, they did a backstage segment uh, the same year, WrestleMania 30, with Hulk Hogan, Mr. T, Roddy Piper, Mean Gene, Pat Patterson. So that was cool. Um, also, his WCW theme song was, like, amazing. And uh, one of my favorite uh, classic superstars figures from Jax was the Paul Orndorff from Series 5. And I don't know what it was about that. Maybe it looked just really cool in the box with the robe and everything. But uh, it was one of my favorites. And we'd like to wish our condolences to his family and his friends. And we'd like to pay tribute to him with a 10-bell salute. Welcome to Markin' Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 545. Don't forget to check out our past episodes, marketout.com, Stitcher Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the whole shebang, and also buy the t-shirt, prowrestlingtees.com slash Out. Also, head over to Manscaped, use the code regardless for 20% off. In addition to all this, give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, check us out on Twitch and Instagram, and don't forget to follow us individually. But, as you already know, I am Dave, the Rave, and I am also alongside here with Brandon. Go check him out, BTTG161. Hey, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? 
I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Ready to rock and roll. I mean, we got money in the bank coming up. Yeah, big week off for you, though. <laughs> Last week, how was Chicago? Oh, uh, Chicago was uh, it was awesome. It was beautiful. We got lucky with great weather. It was so, so hot. Um, just wandering around the river walk was beautiful. Looking up at all the, the architecture of the buildings was incredible. And I loved how each and every building was so different. You had some that was uh, Gothic built and some that were Victorian, while others were more modern. And it was absolutely beautiful. Did I, you see the, the one building that has gunshots still, or bullet holes from Al Capone? I don't know. No, I did not. I don't even have to say I don't think so, but no, I did not. <laughs> Maybe you did, and I you did just not. don't realize you saw it. Yeah, now I have to go look it up um, to see what it was. But yeah, it was unbelievable. I loved it. It was really a cool experience to go check out like Navy Pier and went to Wrigley Field, which was uh, a lot of fun. Just to, just to see Wrigley Field up close in person was really nice. Did they win? Um, overall, uh, no. They lost to the Phillies. Bad. It did was you the first sing, time I've ever seen a group. Did you huh? sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game? I did. I did. And I saw for the first time a Grand Slam. I've never seen a Grand Slam in person before. I wonder if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I've never seen one in person before. So it, I did see a grand slam, but it was by the Phillies, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but go yeah, Mets. it was. A, huh? I said go Mets. Yeah, go Mets. I had deep dish pizza, and I, no, not a fan. But did you I try the other it. Chicago it was one? Good. Uh, people from Chicago I'm, say that the the real Chicago pizza is the flat crust the flat crust yeah we discussed it on the show there's two chicago styles i don't know i had the deep dish i had the deep dish and it you know you got a fork and knife that i don't want to fork and knife my pizza i you know i don't want to fork and knife it the deep dish i don't prefer that style over the just a new york city slice where you can just fold it chow down eat five of them and be okay um, I mean, after one slice of a deep dish, you're already really full. Well, who the hell's eating five New York slices of pizza? <laughs> I don't know, but I there's times where I'm like, especially when you walk by those like dollar uh, stands and you're like, eh, you know what? I can. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I'm good after one slice, though. Like really? my brain is like, brother, you should definitely be eating at least five slices. But <laughs> my body's like... You better stop. One is enough. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't. I, 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 I'm good for at least two, at least two slices. But I'm definitely willing to um, try the overall, deep dish pizza. That's I know that that's a fact. And I would want to if I'm yeah. going to Chicago. I'm trying both styles of pizza. You, you screwed up. Yeah, we went to. Uh, I think it's called like Luminelli's. Um, yeah. we went there. Uh, Did you get the oh, hat bag? The hot the hat bag. No, hot dog. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. What is hot bag? I don't I don't know. I thought you said the hot bag. <laughs> You're like, oh, oh, uh, the hot bag. Yes, of course. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, I had the hot bag. <laughs> you know, it was really hot outside. Um, no, we went to, we got a lot of Indian food. Uh, so we went to this place called uh, Agaholic, which was really good. 
Um, I'm still trying to build up my tolerance for that spicy hot food. Um, Steamed peppers. Yeah. Really trying to build up that tolerance. Uh, overall, no Chicago-style popcorn? No, I did not have that. Brother, Where did you even go to Chicago? Yeah. I, I was just doing so much that I really didn't have didn't find time to go anywhere uh to search down uh a hot dog or something like that. That's I mean like, I could have got it seems like uh-huh. a pretty important Chicago task. Yeah, yeah. Time just ran quickly. It just came and went. I you mean, went to we a were... baseball game. What do you mean? Don't even give me that. <laughs> There's no way they don't have a Chicago dog at a, at Wrigley Field. I looked at I I saw the lines and I was just like, "Nah, I'm good." Eli's cheesecake, nothing. No, no, I'm good on cheesecake. I'm alright on know that cheesecake. I yeah, no, but overall, I I would definitely go back to Chicago. Um, we ended up staying in uh, Chinatown, which was really cool. Um, but especially on like the Fourth of July, the Navy Pier fireworks were canceled, which was like a bummer. But we still got to see some fireworks in Chinatown, and overall, I mean. I was exhausted, dude. I was going to sleep at like five, five thirty in the morning, and then waking up early, and it it just took such a toll on me. Where I'm still recovering from it because uh, just not enough. I have to carry around a water bottle, especially in that hot environment. That was just a fail not to bring a water bottle with me uh, to help with hydration. Open? Oh, hydration. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really need uh, to utilize that. You know, but yeah, overall, it was incredible. Next trip on deck is going to be Atlantic City later on this month. With Oh, uh, but you're going, you're going for wrestling, so. Yeah, yeah, with Chris and Sal for uh, GCW to see Matt Cardona beat the crap out of Nick, Ca- uh, Nick Gage. <laughs> so, you know, that's Nicholas be... Cage was part of my shout outs last week. <laughs> yeah, you know nothing like seeing Matt Cardona beat the crap out of Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage was almost a pro wrestler, so kind of. <laughs> he was also almost Superman. Yes, that's true. And you know, he, he but, was. I mean, I'm. I wonder if he ever took a bump with Alpha for the that, for the wrestler movie. I don't know. I but, feel like he would have. But I don't know. But I'm. I'm. I'm excited for Atlantic City. This is my first time being. Don't in, be excited like, for Atlantic City. You're setting yourself up to fail. I totally am. The place but... is a dump. It sucks. One time I went there and we get to the room and it was all a mess. They, the, they didn't clean the room before giving it to us. Oh. I oh, hate no. going to Atlantic City, but I like being there. Mm-hmm. But it's also a dump. I fully should... understand that. You should try Vegas. Eh. You should try Vegas. You know? I'm not I mean, I'm, I'm excited to to, Vegas, but... to like gamble a little bit and just relax and get away again. I feel like I can never. I'm like I'm feeling like I need all of these just times to just get away and escape. Just so much everything happening, you know, work and work and work. So, but on deck is uh, AC later on this month, and we're going to be covering that. It's going to be great. So, but hey, enough about me. What about you, Brandon? Let's talk about you. Well, I got uh, I got a ticket to see Super Smackdown at Madison Square Garden. Nice, that but must, I'm that's not uh-huh. too happy with the whole process. 
Oh no. When I cuz you go to check out online they're like guess what? It's mobile only. This post-covid world is literally mobile only. And I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't have mobile only technology. So That's that's going to be inconvenient for you. What are you going to do? Well, they said that uh they'll It'll, I'll go to the box office when I get there, and they'll give me a, a wristband or something because they will not be printing paper tickets or something. And it's like, I, I want a paper ticket. Yeah, me too. That's, like, unfortunate. Even I have, I'm have i going to the Mets game at the end of this month. No paper tickets, apparently. That's Online, that when stinks. you go to buy a ticket to the Mets game, they're like, you cannot buy a ticket if you don't have a smartphone. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know what the hell's going on here, but <sighs> that sucks. But uh, I also I went to the movies for the first time since October 2019 to see Black Widow. And how was it? It was good. I enjoyed it. I'm excited to see what's next from the MCU. I just finished Loki. I actually stayed up to to watch the series finale. Not series finale, but the finale that they're giving us so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like that as well. Yeah, I definitely need to uh, check out all of this. Yeah, you need to watch all the Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. It's going to be very tough once they come back to the big screen, besides Black uh, Widow. Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know where, where Shang-Chi ties into everything yet. I don't know if it's before everything or after everything or present time. I don't know. But once Spider-Man hits, like, with all those rumors, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But I, I also went to Grand Lux after the movie for some happy hour, which was probably, I have not done that since, like, January, February 2020. And it's just, like, weird going into all these places without, like, a mask on or anything. Mm -hmm. So that's going to definitely take getting used to. And I I can't see myself going out again until that Mets game. Mm -hmm. But, like, even knowing that in September I have a train ride to Madison Square Garden and then, like, everybody there is not going to be wearing a mask because you have to be vaccinated. Yeah. So it's like, it's weird, but everything's uh, coming back. I mean, that was the one of the weird things uh, in Chicago was just everybody walking around without a mask on. Like, there was no time really where I utilized the mask besides going inside of an area, but that didn't last too long. Yeah, I just um, like fully... I brought my mask with me, but I... There's no signs anywhere. I just, mm-hmm. like, fully walked into the movie theater maskless, and everybody else is in there maskless except for the employees. Same thing with Grand Lux, and it's just, like, it, it, it's it's weird. There's no other way to put that. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But that's uh, that's pretty much my week. Well, that's awesome. Well, talking about your week, talking about my week, let's talk about the week of professional wrestling but we'll just refer to it as sports entertainment, and we'll call it some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. 
which they they aired the the bumper for Paul Orndorff, which uh, this was a taped raw, so good on them for getting that in there. Yeah, this was the the final show inside of the WWE Thunderdome, though. Ah, all right. A lot of people, good riddance, whatever. I'm partly kind of going to miss it. I liked it. It was something really, I would say, perhaps innovative. Mm-hmm. Something we've never seen before. Probably something we'll never see again. I, when it comes to WW2K22, I would more than want the Thunderdome in there. I want um, the performance center, like the early, like no crowd performance center shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want that in there, and I don't know if we're necessarily going to get that. I know in the teaser trailer that we saw, there was, I believe the Thunderdome was in there, but there were, like, fans. Mm-hmm. So I, I would kind of hope we get the LED boards and also arenas with fans, so. That would be cool. Yeah. But the first matchup, we saw Xavier Woods pick up the victory over Bobby Lashley. I... I still don't really get why last week's match was turned into a tag match, only to still go on to have this match. But it was a decent match. Lashley basically had the match won, kept toying with Xavier Woods, and got rolled up to lose. It was him. Exactly, and it was a solid match. I like the fact that uh, Woods is actually putting up these fights against Bobby Lashley, who's supposed to be really viewed as overpowering him. There's also the aspect of like should the WWE champion be losing like that, but it was a quick uh, win. I don't Yeah. I I think that it's it's okay because of the way that it went down and everything like that. Um I'm okay with it. Yeah, and you know, it just goes to show like you shouldn't over or underestimate somebody. Yeah, never underestimate your opponent, especially in the WWE ring. Yeah. After that, we saw Alexis Playground with Eva Marie and Dewdrop. Uh, I liked Eva Marie being pissed off at Piper owning the name Dewdrop. Just having like a ball with it with Alexa Bliss. And it turned out that it was actually just Dewdrop that was invited to Alexis Playground. So it left Eva Marie even more pissed off. So I like that aspect there of that. Yeah. We also saw Jinder Mahal call Drew McIntyre out to return his sword that he stole. And McIntyre shows up on the screen and Jinder said that Veer and Shanky had the, the sword refinished. And when he shows it off, it's cut in half. And McIntyre's like, well, that's just a replica. I have the real sword. And then he smashed up Jinder Mahal's bike, which is straight out of Mattel's Wrecking Cycle, whatever it is. <laughs> it's literally the same bike. We hey, saw this I'm... with the car that Braun Strowman destroyed, I believe it was. We saw it with the ambulance. <laughs> it's like the weirdest product integration there. I'm ju- I'm just happy that Jinder Mahal is getting some action in TV time. Oh, I didn't know you knew him personally like that. <laughs> oh yeah, of course I do. I mean, he he's nearby. You know, um, he's my brother. Yeah, of course. 
<laughs> Next matchup saw Nikki Ash pick up the victory over Alexa Bliss, Naomi, and Asuka. Eva Marie and Dewdrop made their way ringside, and Dewdrop at one point compliments Alexa Bliss mid match. And Alexa Bliss puts her focus onto Eva Marie, goes after her, and Dewdrop takes her out. She throws her over the barricade, and when Eva Marie went to go look at Alexa Bliss, she was gone. She disappeared. What do you think this involvement with Alexa Bliss and Dewdrop is? I don't I don't think anything. I just think she doesn't like Eva Marie. What happens if Alexa Bliss leads to Dewdrop becoming Piper Niven? Like finding like the true inner person of Piper Niven, like remembering where she is and that she doesn't have to I don't be think, bullied. I yeah, well I think it just I think Dewdrop is having more fun getting one over on Eve Marie, I guess. That's true. But Alexa Bliss also isn't a fan of bullies. Or at least I believe she's made mention of that during promos before about bullying and stuff like that. So maybe it's going to be a little bit of a thing where she breaks Hyper Niven away from Eva Marie. Perhaps. But... As far as the match goes, though, I thought it was eh. Yeah, I, I saw agree. some people say that they really liked this match. I just thought it was too slow. Yeah, I could agree with that. Next up, you had Ivar pick up the victory over AJ Styles. This was a um, good match. And it definitely I was. Wish I, this was longer. Yeah, and I was surprised that Ivar got a victory over AJ I was Styles. Too. I was surprised too, but there was no way I, I knew going into this that Amos and Eric were fighting. So mm-hmm. I knew there was definitely going to be one of them losing and one of them winning, and there was no way Amos was going to lose. That's true. Unless it was a DQ or something. Yeah, but I just, I didn't, I thought it was going to be like a clean victory. Amos picks up the victory over Eric, and it, it wasn't a squash match. Like I said, I think the, uh, the outcome here was obvious. Mm-hmm. But we could totally use new tag team champions, and that match is set for for Money in the Bank, and it's going to be good. AJ Styles and Amos. It's been over a month since the the titles have been defended. Wow! So hopefully, if we do get new tag team champions, it like like hello. It's we need a tag division. I agree. That's the one thing that WWE is neglecting right now is that tag team division which i mean prior i wouldn't say one thing but it's one uh, of the things one of the things but i feel like prior it was difficult because of covid and everything just having so many people there but now that we're on our way out of that realm of having to be cautious and everything i do feel like they definitely have to build up the tag team division but even before covid existed we saw them not really care that much about tag team divisions. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a big know. part I... of, of the revival, not wanting to be in WWE, I guess. Yeah. There was a time where WWE, I thought did have a really good tag team division. Like the eighties. Um, <laughs> no, maybe 79. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. backstage though, we saw Sheamus attack Umberto Carrillo before a match they were supposed to have. And they both still went out for that match 
in that backstage segment, though, Mansoor was there, Ali was there, and it seemed as if Mansoor is starting to listen to Mustafa Ali. He just walked away. He stopped caring about Carrillo. He just walked away. So it's interesting to see that further in the storyline. But the actual match did take place. Sheamus picked up the victory over Humberto Carrillo to retain the U.S. championship. Sheamus out here with uh, the broken nose mask gimmick on still. So that's uh, I think that's cool. I, I would not that I buy figures, but I always hope for unique figures like that to come out. I know Cody Rhodes had one. Obviously, yeah. Brutus Beefcake had one as well. Mm-hmm. Undertaker as well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Carrillo, as soon as the bell rings, drops to his knee and gets hit with a broke kick. And Sheamus continued the attack afterwards, and Damian Priest made the save. The only thing that, to me, kind of sucks about Humberto Carrillo losing this is that he had a huge, like, fired-up promo speech before the match. He gets up and cuts this, like, fired-up promo. And he drops to the knee, and boom, bro kick, that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, where was the fire in the promo in the match? Yeah. I I think now that live crowds are coming back, it seems like Damian Priest will be the next person to become the United States champion. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on all of that. And I feel like Damian Priest has earned that that right to be in that sort of a manner. And I'm excited. I mean, this is going to be the first time that Damian Priest is going to be in front of a live crowd, too, on that roster. Well, uh, yeah, on the Raw roster. Yeah, on the Raw roster. So it's going to be interesting. Also backstage, we saw Ricochet and Riddle speaking to each other. And The Miz and John Morrison showed up, hit them with the drip stick, and Miz ran over Riddle's foot. We go into the match. Ricochet picks up the victory over John Morrison in a false count anywhere match. This match was crazy. John Morrison hit that dope neck neck breaker to Ricochet onto the apron off of the ring. Ricochet hit that 450 off the barricade. I thought that was cool. And then he basically followed that up with the shooting star press off the ring post to the outside. We saw Miz get involved, so Riddle came down, turned Miz around on his back like a turtle. And then Ricochet hits that huge splash off the top rope to uh, John Morrison through a ladder. The bridge ladder. And I'm a fan of these guys going at it. I think that the matches that they've been having, especially last week and this week, it's been very entertaining. I think of all the, the matches this week, this did a really good job at selling money in the bank. Mm-hmm. A ladder match. Yeah, I agree. After that, we saw Natalia cutting a promo about the money in the bank uh, because she's now in it. Sonya Deville confirmed it via Twitter. And uh, she spoke about Rhea Ripley as well. And then she heard Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke laughing. So her and Tamina went to go check that out. And Mandy and Dana seem like uh, full heels out of this segment. Whether or not 
we I mean, not to skip ahead or anything, but we don't even know if Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke are still team now at this point. Yeah. Um I don't even know what to think about all of that. You really don't know right now. And it's like there are no tag teams. Who are Natty and Tamina going to be defending these titles against? Yeah. It just makes no sense. But Rhea Ripley picks up the victory over Natalia. I thought it was a good match. It started off a little slow, but it picked up. And uh, after the match, we see Charlotte attack Rhea Ripley. Did the, uh, the hanging figure four out of the ring. And then, to my surprise... I would say she cut a pretty good promo after that. Just basically saying that she'd beat Rhea Ripley at the pay-per-view and take that title. I was definitely surprised at that that promo cutting, but it did the trick, and it set you up for everything. There's a, a picture of Bronson Reed, Rhea Ripley, and Indy Hartwell with their championships. Mm-hmm. Two of the three don't have the title anymore. Hmm. So people are thinking that Charlotte could definitely be walking out of money in the bank with that championship. Um, Makes you wonder. I hope not. Even if she I feel does, like Rhea, I, I would hope for like a quick cash in from whoever wins money in the bank. That's true. I don't know. I want to see Rhea Ripley defeat Charlotte Flair. I do too. You know, I really don't want to see it go any other way yeah. than that. But earlier in the night, after Xavier Woods defeated Bobby Lashley, Lashley gets pissed off, leaves Monday Night Raw, and then returns later in the night for the VIP Lounge, where MVP spent a few minutes trying to get Bobby Lashley out there. He came out looking all disappointed, maybe disheveled. He dismissed the women, and... He, he said Kofi was right about MVP causing Lashley to get soft. He destroys the set of the VIP lounge and then threatens to tear Kofi Kingston in half at Money in the Bank. This segment had me worried because I thought, first of all, to have the VIP lounge be the last segment of Monday Night Raw before the pay-per-view, I thought something huge was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I, I'm yeah. not necessarily saying this is something small, but I was expecting something bigger. And I was 100% expecting Bobby Lashley to attack MVP. And it kind of seems like they're they're going down this road where MVP might not be with us come the, the, the start of the touring. Uh, I hope... That's not going to happen. I mean, we'll MVP. See, maybe he destroys MVP at Money in the Bank or something, or maybe they do continue to, to be on the road together. I hope, I do hope that MVP stays around and, and, and bees, bees, and is Bobby Lashley's manager. I think that he will be. You know, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that everything with him and Lashley has been really entertaining and really good. And he has elevated Lashley to the next level, I believe. Yeah, 100%. I that... And like we, we, we say this a bunch of times. 
during the pandemic, MVP was at one point like the actual MVP. Him, Bailey, Sasha Banks, Asuka, they were all like MVPs of that no crowd PC era of WWE during the the, the pandemic. Yeah, I totally agree. So I don't think that MVP is going anywhere. And I think that his elevation of Bobby Lashley was is perfect. I think that it's great. I think they play off of each other really uh, really well. So I don't think anything's going to come of any of this. Yeah, but that was the the final show in the Thunderdome. They kicked it out of the the house like uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. That's the end of it. And uh, NXT, we're still at the Capitol Wrestling Center. That opened up this week with Dakota Kai picking up the victory over Ember Moon. Before the match, they explained Shotzi's contract had been picked up by SmackDown. So I guess Ember's focus is now on the NXT Women's Championship. At least we got um, yeah cle- um, coverage of that. Yeah, because yeah. There, there have been times where something happened and there's like zero explanation. Exactly. At least we have an explanation as to what happened. Okay, her contract got purchased. Good. There we go. At least we could. At least we're good now. Somewhat good. Somewhat good. (laughs) But it was a good match, and I'm happy Dakota Kai won. But as soon as she wins, the lights go out. Zia Lee comes out, gets right into Raquel Gonzalez's face. Challenges her for the NXT Women's Championship, and Raquel accepts it. Dakota Kai, all the while, is just standing there, kind of looking, maybe kind of pissed. I think we have to see Dakota Kai snap soon. I think so, too. I think that there's going to be a time where she's just being overshadowed by everyone, and I I cannot wait for her and Gonzalez at some point. Don't know when, but I'm excited for that feud. Yeah. Uh, Throughout the night, though, we saw Cameron Grimes as L.A. Knight's butler. It started with L.A. Knight having Cameron Grimes get his hair cut and his beard trimmed and gave him an outfit to wear. And Cameron Grimes couldn't have been happier to see the outcome of his haircut and, and see the way he looked in that suit. Or tuxedo, whatever it was. (laughs) Yeah, his reaction, instead of being like all down about how he has to do this and he has to be uh, L.A. Knight's butler and stuff, but his like his reaction to, oh, this is awesome, I got this, and like (laughs) it, it was totally the opposite effect of everything, where it's just hilarious. Yeah, and it pissed off L.A. Knight. And then later on, we saw Cameron Grimes hired a kid to do the the yard work that he was supposed to do, which pissed L.A. Knight off even more. And he 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 tells the kid to leave. The kid kicks L.A. Knight. Grimes goes and accidentally bumps him into the pool. So if we get more segments like this throughout the month, or however long we need, to, or however long we get Cameron Grimes as his butler. I'm fine with that. I'm enjoying these segments. I think they're they're really funny. I agree. Do we see them becoming a tag team? After I don't all think this? so. No. No. I still I still want to see L.A. Knight demolish that championship belt in heel fashion. Really, really, 
really bad. Well, I but, don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah. Well, next up you had the the Diamond Mind. Yeah, well, earlier well, in the night, uh, before we even speak about the match, Malcolm Bivens basically puts Diamond Mind over and said that they have the best stars, the best coaches, and the best prospects. So now we know uh, what the the group is. And Bivens is like, we're going to go out there, have an open challenge. Bobby Fish accepts it. He gets in the face of Roderick Strong, and Bivens is like, well, it's going to be against Tyler Rust. So I liked the tease of Bobby Fish versus Roderick Strong there. But Tyler Mm -hmm. Rust goes on to pick up the victory over Bobby Fish, where I was not expecting that. I fully expected Bobby Fish to win this, but it definitely makes sense that Rust won. We saw Roderick Strong get up on the apron. Rust took advantage of that. And then they surrounded him afterwards. Kushida runs down, chases them off. So Fish has an ally in Kushida via this feud. The fans were not happy with this match, I guess. I guess they wanted Bobby Fish to win. I'm happy Tyler Rust got the victory. I mean, this guy... Yeah, I was guy, fine with this. Exactly. He And he's fairly new. He has to get the victory. But it, like, I don't know, because I thought the match was fine. So maybe they were just not fine with the outcome. And it's like, this live crowd that we've seen in NXT recently has been, like, kind of iffy. Mm-hmm. They turned on MSK. They turned on Karrion Cross. So it like almost doesn't make sense. But we'll see where that hap- where that goes with Diamond Mine. After yeah. that, we saw uh, that's probably like the precedent for Raw and SmackDown coming up too. Mm-hmm. But after that, we saw Saray pick up the victory over Gigi Dolan, and Mandy Rose came out during this. Um. Definitely was not expecting to see Mandy Rose make her return to NXT this week. No, definitely not. It was a good spotlight match for Saray. The dropkick that she does, super brutal. But why yeah, Mandy? That, that that kick, I mentioned it to you before. I know she does it every week. But that kick to Gigi Dolan while she was tied up in the ropes... That just looked nasty, and um, I don't think she was not tied up. She's just sitting against it. Yeah, I mean, like she was tied up as in, like she was just against it, like sitting up against it. But it just looked nasty. Um, and Gigi Dolan, I mean, everybody knows her as Priscilla Kelly. I'm, I'm excited to see what she's capable of doing. But again, why Mandy? Why? Mandy. Somebody tweeted to us and said it kind of gave them vibes of Trish Stratus's um, debut with uh, TNA. Why? Well, Mandy came out there and it looked like she was looking over Saray as like a top prospect, like Trish Stratus did with Test and Albert. I definitely, I, I kind of get those vibes too. Uh, I don't know. Didn't Trish come out with a clipboard? I don't know if she came out with a clipboard, but... I don't remember if she was taking notes. I don't think she came out with a... I, she might have come out with a clipboard, but it's still, like, the same where she randomly showed up and, like, looked at a prospect. I don't know. I, I don't see that. Well, also because Trish Stratus, that was her debut. This isn't Mandy's 
Mandy's debut. Right, but again, it's still very similar where she she did the same thing. It's not like there's no way you can mm-hmm. say she didn't do the same thing. I don't know. I don't see it going in that direction at all, but Well, where do you, you see know. Mandy Rose? Where like what is where are you going with that in your mind? That yeah, that I got nothing. And for the record, TNA is one of the most underrated tag teams. Yeah, that... and I, I'm a big fan of their not only the tag team, I was a big fan of their theme song. Yeah, I I think that tag team wise, TNA is one of the most underrated. Same thing with X Factor. I like their theme song too. Yeah, just saying. <laughs> uh, the next uh, up, you the had knockoff Sa- Uncle Cracker theme song. Wait, that wasn't Uncle Cracker. Well, I feel like it was like it was, but the beginning, somebody else is like X Factor. Yeah, (laughs) that was just an awesome team. Um, But next up, you had Santos Escobar pick up the victory over Loomis. Uh, Dexter Loomis just couldn't get one up. I mean, it looked like he was about to pick up the victory. But yeah, but I mean. I liked, first of all, in the match, I liked seeing Legato Del Fantasma be afraid of Loomis. But they also did eventually get involved. They distracted the referee. They helped Santos out of the, the silence. And we saw Joaquin Wilde pull Loomis into the turnbuckle as the referee was distracted. Yeah, Loomis gets was... back in the ring. Phantom Driver. There was a ton of outs like that outside interference was all the difference. Yeah, and then afterwards, I'm like, "What's going on here?" Hit Row came out and argued with Legato. I like I don't see them as faces, and I definitely don't see Legato as faces. So I thought that was no. like a bit weird to me. To I I'm fine with heel versus heel, face versus face. To me, this doesn't. Uh, this is just. Wrestling, you know, I I love this faction versus a faction. Period. Just as long as there's not so many of it, uh, not um, so many, too many. Yeah, we'll see what happens though. You know, but during the commercial break, we saw Indy Hartwell come out, try to carry Dexter Loomis to the back. She drops him, falls on top of him, and it looked like they were about to kiss, and Candice LeRae pushes her off before anything could happen with Index. This, Mm -hmm. by the way, there was no explanation with Tegan Knox, but it was assumed that her contract also got picked up, so we'll have to put a big pin inside (laughs) Candice LeRae versus Tegan Knox for now, I guess. Yeah, and they keep on playing up Hartwell and Loomis, and I love every bit of this. Hopefully, they get their little uh, happy love story ending together. Yeah, I liked uh, Simone Johnson tweeted out something like "Kiss him, you coward" or something like that. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But that would be funny. After that, we saw Duke Hudson pick up the victory over Ikemen Jiro to advance in the breakout tournament. Completely forgot to mention last week that Duke Hudson is the former Brendan Vink. Don't really know why they changed his name, but, uh, I mean, it kind of reminds me of Doc Hudson from Cars. But Duke Hudson looking a lot, I think, better than when we last saw him. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time we saw him, but he sounds familiar. 
it would have been like that foundation of the Hurt Business with Shane Thorne and MVP on Monday Night Raw. It's crazy. Huh. Like, they just, out of nowhere, disappeared. And then the the Hurt Business was born, basically, almost, I think, almost right after that. Mm-hmm. I think MVP was working with Lashley, and I think MVP was working with Shane Thorne and Brennan Vink, formerly the Mighty Don't Kneel. And, uh... They just disappeared from Monday Night Raw. We saw Shane Thorne become Slapjack. Vink disappeared. So I'm happy to see Duke Hudson reappear as Duke Hudson here and and look the way he looks and wrestle the way he's wrestling and be given time to do what he can do. And it was a fun match to watch. I know a lot of people probably cheering for Ikeman here. But uh, Duke Hudson could potentially go all the way here. I definitely feel the same exact way. I do like how um, how Jiro wore that jacket for most of it. Yeah, that, not most of it, all of it. That's that's yeah. what his uh, his gimmick is. All of it. I don't even know if you call it a gimmick, but that's what he does. He wrestles in his jacket. Very we saw him a few weeks ago tag uh, with, I think, uh, I want to say Anthony Green was in that match. Might have been his last match on NXT. But uh, Hudson hit that boss man slam, pick up the victory, advance to the tournament. Backstage, we saw Oni Larkin and Danny uh, Danny Birch. Pete Dunne talking, and they got attacked by Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa. So that's not over. I don't know what we'll see next from them. No, we'll see what happens. But next up, you had Kate, uh, Casey Canizaro and Caden Carter pick up the victory over Robert Stone Brand. But this was a lot to digest here it's, too. Yeah, um, I mean, I was more entertained by the ending of this. Yeah, so we got that the four fifty splash, the the standing four fifty splash, or whatever you. I don't still don't know what to call it by Casey Canizaro to pick up the victory there. But afterwards, Aaliyah gets pissed off at Robert Stone, knocks him out, beats him up, and said that she's she's done more for him and Jesse Kamea and referred to her as a loser than they've done for her. And the fans pop big time here. So maybe she's moving to Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an even trade. Mandy Rose for Aaliyah. Huh. Or maybe it's a big singles push for Aaliyah on NXT. It could be. I mean, I don't know. I, I could see Aaliyah staying down in NXT for now. But it's weird. Like, we saw Frankie Monet come out after she said hello to Kamea and left with her while Robert Stone followed them. Later on, Mandy Rose saw them. And she's like, it looks like you're under new management or whatever. So it seems like it's the Frankie Monet brand now. But I still don't know why Mandy Rose is there. It's always going to come back to Mandy, Mandy, Mandy. But it is interesting to see that Frankie Monet is the one that's in charge now. She has, has reformed the Robert Stone brand. She's done a corporate takeover of sorts and i'm what's gonna happen with robert stone after all of this i i don't know 
Maybe he just manages them as a team now. But obviously, I mean, I could see him like portraying that manager aspect while Monet is more like, you're just here for the sake of being here, but you really don't have to be here. Yeah. So it could be entertaining. But early in the night. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Early in the night, you had an interview, Wade Barrett interviewing Kyle O'Reilly. Um, yeah, Kyle was like, I'm going to be the one that's finishing Adam Cole. I don't know if this, I said it last week, maybe a loser leaves NXT match. I don't it know. Would, it would be a long time overdue. No. Uh, I mean, for, for, I mean, like for one of the Undisputed Era wrestlers to go to one of the Raw or SmackDown, I mean. Yeah, but do we want to see that happen? <laughs> I, I definitely do. I yeah, definitely but like do. when you think about how people from NXT have uh, not always succeeded on the main roster, on the yes. Raw SmackDown rosters. Yes, true, true. But even still, I feel like as a wrestler, even as one of these well-distinguished wrestlers, your goal is to be on Raw. That's actually inaccurate because Johnny Gargano, Champa have gone on record saying they will not leave NXT. They do not want to leave NXT. I don't know if that's internally how they actually feel, and that's just not what they're putting out there to promote the brand. Because you also have to remember, they're not going to say that they want to get away from, they want to be moved away from NXT because that looks really crummy on the product, you know? It's like... I mean, there. I'm sure there have been people there saying like, yeah, I want to eventually go to Raw or SmackDown. I, I feel like internally they do, but of course publicly you cannot state that. No, I would, I would 100% think that they would not want to. All right. Agree to disagree. Well, later in the night, we saw Adam Cole um, basically said that Kyle O'Reilly should seriously reconsider asking for a rematch, and he changes his focus to Samoa Joe, and he also said that there's no man, no nobody man enough to go toe-to-toe with him. Bronson Reed comes out, says he has absolutely nothing to lose, and seemed like he was going to challenge Adam Cole, but... Adam Cole goes to attack him. Bronson Reed reverses it and knocks him down. Some Samoa Joe came out, stared Adam Cole down, leading to the main event. Karrion Cross picks up the victory over Johnny Gargano, retaining the NXT Championship. Karrion Cross got pissed at Samoa Joe during this match for making him break the sleeper hold when Johnny was on the ropes. He also tried to use the steel steps in this match. Samoa Joe stopped him. I thought we were pretty close to seeing Johnny Gargano become the new NXT champion here. Yeah, you were firm, a firm believer on that. I, I was not at first. I was not at first. But then, like, the weeks progressed. I'm like, I really think we're going to see Johnny Gargano become the champion this week. The match yeah. ends carrying cross... Attacks Samoa Joe, locks him in the sleeper, knocks him out. I was happy by this ending. I was very happy by this ending because this is this is leading towards Samoa Joe getting involved. Now Cross laid his hands on him. Well, 
this goes totally with his entire um, clause in that contract. Now he can get involved with carrying cross. Yeah. But again, who knows what'll happen? They have not announced the takeover yet. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. Also, uh, they announced, or they didn't announce it, but uh, the news sites picked it up. NXT is, uh, I think in two weeks, going to be bumped to sci-fi for the Olympics. So, I kind of popped at that because I think the last time WWE had a show that was live on sci-fi on Tuesdays was NXT in 2010. So I think hmm. that's kind of cool. And then the the last show on Sci-Fi Network, I believe, was SmackDown in 2015. So it'll be I a, would a, nice even little, remember. a nice little homecoming. Of course, the uh, first episode of NXT featuring Daniel Bryan versus Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho breaking out the line tamer to win that match. I always thought that was a good match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also funny because ultimately the only two people from that show still associated with, uh, NXT is Wade Barrett and, um, oh, who's the other person? I know there was one more person, Wade Barrett and William Regal. So should be interesting. Very if cool. they do anything yeah. for the sci-fi show, I doubt they will. But I, yeah, I can't, I can't imagine them, doing, them actually do anything special for it. No. no. But that was NXT. Moving over to NXT UK. NXT UK kicked off with Triple H opening up uh, with a video promo to talk about Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, just hyping up their match next week and saying how good their match last time was, which it really was, really good. But it goes into a press conference for the match, which I could have done without the reporters. I don't like it when AEW does it. I don't like it when WWE does stuff like this. I thought it was a bit goofy. But later on, they mentioned that an altercation took place backstage after this press conference. And Walter's hand was injured, ruling him not able to compete. So the match won't be taking place next week. So this press conference happened for no reason, even more so. First match of the evening, though, we saw T.O. Man and Rohan Raja team up to take on and defeat Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter. It looked like Carter and Smith had this match won, but T.O. Man helped out. Uh, did some things behind the referee's back. Raja took advantage of that, tagged in Tio Man, who tapped Carter out. Uh, the next match, Mako Satamora picked up the victory over Amel to retain the NXT UK Women's Championship. Really good hard-hitting match here. Uh, Amel definitely proving that she could hang with the top of the top in NXT UK. And I would say definitely go out of your way to watch this match. Same with the next match. The main event, Tyler Bate picked up the victory over Mark Coffey to retain the NXT UK Heritage Cup. Really good match. I feel like I might have said this before, but I'd, I'd really like to see guys like Cesaro and Daniel Bryan in matches like this. These Heritage Cup matches have never once disappointed 
and I'm a really big fan of this British style rules that they have in these matches. So definitely check that out as well. But that's basically that's NXT UK. Moving over to SmackDown. It was the first show back with fans for a regular basis since March 2020. I like the new stage. It's very minimalistic with the the giant screen, sort of like WrestleMania 35. Vince McMahon opened the show, which was really cool to hear people singing No Chance in Hell Again. And he literally just came out (laughs) and said, where the hell have you been? And left. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, And I also thought he was like, making a joke at first because when he left I thought he was gonna like come back out or whatever but that didn't happen it was hilarious to me uh first match back though also I don't think it really needed to happen he gave the huge speech at Wrestlemania but the first match on Smackdown we saw Roman Reigns and the Usos pick up the victory over the Mysterios and Edge this was Dominic's first match in front of the fans so I thought that's cool And they gave Edge a massive pop. It was really, like, really cool to hear that again. And it was cool to see Edge team with Rey Mysterio again. I thought overall the match was good. Jey Uso used Rey Mysterio's tights to get the pin. But he attacks Rey Mysterio afterwards. Dominic tries to make the save, but Jimmy jumps in. Edge makes that save with the steel chair. Roman Reigns takes him out with the Superman punch and he breaks the chair like Edge did. And when he turns around, Edge spears him and locks him in that crossface with the the chair bar again. Really, really good opening segment here for SmackDown. Edge was interviewed afterwards and Seth Rollins interrupted it and said that he'd love to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase on the man who made that match famous. So that teases Seth Rollins and Edge for SummerSlam still. Uh, I like how Seth Rollins brought up what he did to Edge on the Cutting Edge Peep Show a bunch of years ago. I think that's cool. After that, we saw Sami Zayn come out and said that he's been purposely excluded from the Money in the Bank match. And he asked the fans to be on his side, which some of them actually were chanting justice for Sammy. And he quickly, I forget what he says, but he says something heelish to get them to boo him. And Finn Balor comes out, makes his return to SmackDown, cuts this off. At least I assume return to SmackDown. I can't remember if Finn Balor's been on SmackDown at this point. But he just hits Sammy Zayn right away, attacks him, ends it with the coup de grace. So that should be a fun uh, feud going into SummerSlam. After that, they aired a video package for Apollo Crews just to get him on the television. He's the Intercontinental Champion. I feel like it's been a few weeks since we've seen him. But after that, the match we saw was Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox picking up the victory over Natalia and Tamina. Liv Morgan and Zelina Vegas sat on commentary and they argued the whole match, which eventually led to a brawl between them. And it distracted Natalia while she went to go put the sharpshooter on Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox takes advantage of that, gets the quick pin there. And uh, Natty and Tamina were pissed. They took Liv Morgan out, they took Zelina Vega out, 
But Liv Morgan actually came out on top of that. Whether or not I think she's going to win the money in the bank, I don't know. But I really do hope for Liv Morgan to win that. After that, we had the SmackDown Women's Championship on the line. The champion Bianca Belair picking up the victory over the challenger Carmella to successfully retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Good match. Towards the end, Carmella started to pull Bianca Belair's hair, and when Bianca Belair got her hair back, she whipped Carmella with it, hit the kiss of death, picks up the victory there. She got a really good pop. I liked this match, and I'm happy that Bianca Belair is still champion. I'm uh, still disappointed that Bailey did not get that championship match on Sunday at, at Money in the Bank due to the injury. We saw a video package for Tony Storm. She will be debuting on SmackDown or probably maybe returning at this point, given the... I feel like she was there during the Survivor Series stuff, but she'll be on SmackDown next week. We saw backstage the Alpha Academy get cut off by Cesaro. Otis attacked him, and it leads into a match between the two of them. Cesaro picking up the victory over Otis via disqualification. Chad Gable got involved and attacked Cesaro, hit a German suplex on him. Cesaro ends up hitting a, a, um, a pop-up uppercut on Chad Gable, goes for the swing. Otis eventually stops it, hits that Vader bomb to end that segment. I thought maybe we were going to see somebody run out and make the save there for Cesaro, but maybe that'll take place next week. Um, Davey Boy Smith Jr. wrestled a dark match with Austin Theory before SmackDown, as did Zia Lee and Aaliyah, but I thought maybe we were going to get Davey Boy Smith Jr. there to uh, make the save with Cesaro. I thought that would have been cool. Given the history between Cesaro and Tyson Kidd, a former partner and champion with Davey Boy Smith Jr. So I was hoping for that. We didn't get that, but perhaps next week we'll see. Backstage, Kayla Braxton interviewed Paul Heyman about Edge and Big E cut it off. They they were hit doing all the hits. The ah Paul Heyman. So that was fun for the crowd, I'm sure, to hear. It was fun to hear for me because New Day... Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods being on Monday Night Raw, we don't really get to hear that often. So Big E cuts it off, basically just making fun of what Edge did to Roman Reigns, and that just further pushes maybe a feud between Big E and Roman Reigns. Maybe Big E will come out victorious in this Money in the Bank ladder match, and uh, that'll further tease a match between them. After that, we saw Baron Corbin come out and update us on his money problems. He started CorbinFund.com with a goal of $100,000 where the fans could fund him. Kevin Owens came out and Corbin tried to plead with him to give him money. And he got hit with a stunner. That led into the main event. Seth Rollins picked up the victory over Big E. Shinsuke Nakamura and Kevin Owens. It was awesome to hear Nakamura's theme song, have the crowd sing to that again. Although it could have been perhaps a little bit louder. But Nakamura and Big E during the match, they teamed up, hit a double suplex on Kevin Owens from the middle rope, which I was happy to see that not turn into a Tower of Doom spot. It's something that's been like super overused in wrestling. So it was cool to just see it be a double suplex. 
Um, but Seth Rollins introduced the ladders into this match. These are the four competitors from SmackDown that will be in the Money in the Bank ladder match. He introduces the ladders. He uh, he went to go put Nakamura through the table, but Kevin Owens stops him, grabs him off the ladder, hits him, and then climbs to the top of the ladder himself and hits a flying elbow off the top through the table onto Nakamura. Seth Rollins in the ring hits a curb stomp on Biggie onto the ladder to pick up the victory there. All in all, I thought it was a great night of SmackDown. I thought it was it just like it kind of felt like the the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania. I'm definitely pumped to go to SmackDown at Madison Square Garden to see all the new faces on this brand. I'm pumped for Raw on Monday with this crowd. I'm pumped for Money in the Bank on Sunday with the with the crowd. Um, so all in all, it's just been really good to hear the crowd back between WWE and uh, AEW as of late. Impact has a crowd back on uh, on Sunday. Um, and then next week, SmackDown for whatever reason they're doing split in Cleveland and the Rolling Loud Festival in Miami. I don't know if this is going to turn out like uh, Raw 25 did, where fans weren't so happy with that turnout at uh, Manhattan Center, but it should be interesting to see a a few matches take place from a music festival. Maybe we'll get Post Malone on SmackDown. He's a big wrestling fan. He's booked for that uh, that Rolling Loud gimmick. So it should be interesting to see that. But Money in the Bank taking place in front of a live crowd at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas this Sunday. On the kickoff show, they announced for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Rey Mysterio and Dominic will be defending the titles against the Usos. I'm going to say Rey Mysterio and Dominic retain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships there. We have the... Raw Tag Team Championships on the line. AJ Styles and Amos teaming up uh, because they're the Tag Team Champions (laughs) to take on the Viking Raiders, the Challengers. I'm going with the Viking Raiders. We need more Tag Team matches in WWE right now. We need the the championships to matter. With AJ Styles and Amos not defending the titles for, oh, I, I think well over a month now, we don't need that. Hopefully the Viking Raiders get the championships and and they get built up again. But I have a lot of doubts. The Raw Women's Championship is on the line. Rhea Ripley will be defending the title against Charlotte Flair. I think it's hard to not pick Charlotte Flair here, but I want Rhea Ripley to win this. I'm sticking with Rhea Ripley as champion. It's just very difficult to not think Charlotte Flair is walking out of Money in the Bank as champion. Unless... One of the women from the Money in the Bank ladder match cash in on her. You have Asuka, Naomi, Nikki Ash, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Natalia, Tamina, Zelina Vega. Tamina, by the way, added to the match this week. Uh, a lot of people were thinking Becky Lynch. They were thinking Sasha Banks. They were thinking Tony Storm, Mia Yim. But it is the tag team champion, Tamina. I don't know who to pick here. I'm going to say Liv Morgan. That's who I want to see win this. That's who I hope to see win this. I'm going to say Liv Morgan. Um, 
for the WWE Universal Championship, we have Roman Reigns defending the title against Edge. I got to go with Roman Reigns here. For the Money in the Bank ladder match, the, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, you have Ricochet, Riddle, Drew McIntyre, John Morrison, uh, Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, Kevin Owens, did I say Kevin Owens already? Big E, Seth Rollins. Um, I still really want John Morrison to win this match, but I think it's really set up for Big E to win this. And it would be pretty big for Big E to win this. So as much as I want to pick John Morrison, I'm going to say Big E wins this match. And for the WWE Championship, we have Bobby Lashley defending that title against Kofi Kingston. I think Bobby Lashley is 100% winning that match. There's unfortunately rumors that have pretty much all but been confirmed that Goldberg is returning to WWE for a match at SummerSlam against Bobby Lashley. I don't want to see that. But if... Goldberg does end up in that match and he shows up on Monday Night Raw on Monday. I just hope the outcome of SummerSlam is Bobby Lashley is still the WWE Champion. So that is Money in the Bank. And before I take a break, I wanted to mention the unfortunate passing of Biz Marquee at uh, the age of 57. I saw him perform Just a Friend at Madison Square Garden one time. It was a New Kids on the Block concert. And they brought him out just to sing that song. The fans popped big time. I popped big time. Uh, I want to offer my condolences to his family and his friends. He was definitely a character. And a great entertainer. And he will definitely be missed. But... I'm going to take a quick break now. We'll hear a word from our sponsors over at Manscaped. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. Support for Marking Out is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Look, I mean, I've done it. Dave's done it. Brandon's never done it. You're down there. You, sh- you know, shave it up, making sure everything looks clean and fresh. And you get a nick. You get a little cutsky there. And it stinks. It's no it- it's no fun whatsoever. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. It's the ball hair trimmer equivalent of Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. When I tell you this is premium... I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. Because we all know that Brandon's gonna need it. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. So that way, you don't make a mess all over your bathroom. The one coolest feature is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet shrug technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. So that way I can charge my lawnmower 3.0, my camera batteries, and my phone all on the same shelf. Huzzah! If you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours and get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS, that's one for this uh, read, 
at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code REGARDLESS. That's two for this read at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code REGARDLESS. That's three for this read. And folks, if you want your boomer sooner to be fruity, delicious, fruity, fruity, delicious, fruity, delicious, well, then use the code REGARDLESS to get 20% off and free shipping. That's now four for this read. Don't forget to sauce it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 545. Marking out here. Go to manscaped.com. Pick up the brand new lawnmower 4.0. Use the code regardless. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. AEW Dynamite hosted Fighter Fest night one this week, which I uh, I think it's time to ditch Fighter Fest. It was a uh, parody of the Fire Fest, which was already an outdated parody. So, you know, uh, think of a, a different name, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, but it kicked off with John Moxley picking up the victory over Carl Anderson, Machine Gun Carl Anderson, to retain the IWGP US Championship. New Japan match, I guess you would say, inside of the AEW arena. Eddie Kingston attacked Gallows before the match. It was a good match. Uh, I hope we see a new IWGP US champion soon. But I definitely don't want to see Archer versus Moxley that was announced for a Texas death match next week. I hated their match in New Japan. I hated their match in AEW. Their match in AEW wasn't even a Texas death match, but it was the exact same thing as their match in AEW that was. Definitely don't need to see that. Unless you're taking the title off of Moxley and, and Archer's getting the title, this match made no sense, the setup. But uh, after that, we saw Andrade basically question where the death triangle is. I don't think this was a strong segment to follow up the mediocre match from last week. For Andrade. And I hate the subtitles. I think those are absolutely ridiculous. After this, Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Brian Cage to become the new FTW champion. Ricky Starks went to use the championship at one point, but Will Hobbs took it away from him. Turns around, walks right into that F5, kicks out. Hook distracts the referee. Hobbs clocks Cage with the championship. Starks hits Cage with the spear and picks up the victory. So they all turned on Cage. Uh, so Brian Cage is going to have to get himself some new uh, theme music. Uh, I, I liked the ending of this match. I didn't like the match itself necessarily. But it should be interesting to see where Team Taz goes from here. If they add a new member or or what. Um, I guess the feud is just going to continue Brian Cage versus Ricky Starks now. But after that, Cody came out, yelled at Malachi Black, went to the ring, and he challenged him to come out, which he shows up on the screen and said that the fans don't care about Cody as much as Cody cares about the fans. They cheered for him last week. Cody challenges him to come out, and Malachi Black shows up. They brawl. It gets pulled apart. Good segment. I guess Cody's just done with QT Marshall now. Which, ultimately, it sucks because there was no real official ending to that Nightmare Factory versus the Factory or whatever they were called feud. 
but or Nightmare Family, but I'm completely fine with that. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Malachi Black wrestle. I don't necessarily need him to face Cody, but if if he could pull off like strong victories against Cody and Cody doesn't pick up any victories, that that'd be fine with me. I saw somebody say on Twitter that Cody's supposed to be going out to film the Go Big Show show, whatever that's called. So maybe we'll get something like we had with Brody Lee, where he just completely annihilates Cody. But we'll see what happens with that. Backstage, we saw Tully Blanchard uh, interviewed, but it gets cut off by Santana and Ortiz. And they tease attacking him. They let him go and they said next time they won't. So that's still going to brew. After that, Adam Page came out to the ring. Tony Schiavone interviewed him. He spoke about Kenny Omega and the AEW Championship and then challenged Kenny Omega. But Don Callis cuts him off, as do the Young Bucks. Gallows, who was just attacked by a pipe earlier in the night, was there. Carl Anderson was not, which I thought was weird. But Matt goes into the ring, gets in Adam Page's face, and just said, remember when we were a team? Remember you abandoned us? Adam Page punches them, and when Kenny Omega showed up behind him, Dark Order runs down for the support, and Kenny lays out a challenge. Five-on-five elimination match. Adam Page accepted and said that when he wins, he wants a shot at the world title, and Dark Order gets a shot at the tag team titles. Kenny said that if the Elite win, Dark Order loses their shot, as does Adam Page. I'm hoping that Dark Order, the team that gets the tag team title shot, is John Silver and Alex Reynolds. I know they have Grand Slam coming up in Arthur Ashe Stadium, Queens, New York. It's a New York uh, tag team. But I have a feeling that it'll be uh, Stu and Evil Uno. After that, we saw Chris Jericho interviewed backstage and Chris Jericho basically said he doesn't care who MJF has lined up for him to face. And then Sean Spears hits Chris Jericho in the throat with a chair out of nowhere. MJF tells Chris Jericho that he's going to be having to face Sean Spears where Sean Spears can use a chair and Chris Jericho cannot. And I believe that takes place next week at Fighter Fest Night 2. After that, Christian picked up the victory over Matt Hardy. Uh, I believe this was now taking this feud into the fourth decade of of uh, their matches. Because they would have faced off in the 90s, the 2000s, 2010s, and now 2020s. But this match starts with a collar and elbow tie-up all around the ring, and it spilled outside. I thought that was a little goofy. But we saw Matt Hardy, DDT Christian, onto the steps while he was draped across the ropes at one point. I like that spot. But in the end, Christian makes it back in time before the 10 count, hits the kill switch to win. To me, that it didn't really make sense. I feel like if this match in 2021 took place in WWE, fans would be trashing it. But we saw the HFO come out afterwards. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy ran them off. Jungle Boy getting an insane pop there. But uh, I just wasn't a fan of that match. 
After this, Miro had a video package where he introduced the new TNT Championship with a white strap. I believe there's green on the back of the white strap. There's green on the front plate. There's some red. It's a a very Bulgarian title. I don't necessarily like the fact that this title keeps changing. But if Miro is going to be champion for a very long time, then I'm ultimately fine with that. After this, we saw Britt Baker interviewed again about Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. I thought this was a great promo, and I don't see her losing that title anytime soon. And I hope she doesn't lose the title anytime soon. Match after that, we saw Sammy Guevara pick up the victory over Wheeler Yuta. Good match. I like Yuta. I'm happy to see him on AEW television. I don't really understand why they needed to have him come out with the best friends only for have only to have them leave. But I liked this match. If if he's going to be like a, an AEW talent now, then I hope for longer matches. And uh, and yeah, that's I think it's cool that he's here. After that, Yuka Sakazaki picked up the victory over Penelope Ford. I think it's nice to see Yuka back, but this match, I I didn't really, I didn't think it was really good. Yuka hit some cool moves, but it just didn't seem like the chemistry was there. Darby Allin in the main event picks up the victory over Ethan Page in a coffin match, which I feel like this match was rushed. Just like last week's Street Fight main event. And it was basically the same style of match. But Darby, we see, begins the match. He has a plate strapped to his back like Bret Hart had around his abdomen when Goldberg speared him that one time. Scorpio Sky was in the coffin. Sting came down, take him out. I liked the razor's edge that Ethan Page hit uh, onto the steel steps from the bottom rope. But uh, as far as the match goes... Interesting new match for AEW. Darby hits a coffin drop through the coffin after the match. I, I, he's something else. I don't know why anyone would do that, but (laughs) it's Darby Allen. He's, uh, he's crazy. So all in all, I like that match. And, uh, yeah, Fighter Fest 2 is next week. Impact Wrestling kicks off Jordan Grace and Rachel Ellering picking up the victory over Tennille and Caleb with a K. Decent match. Really cool tag team finisher from Jordan Grace and and Rachel Ellering. I just wish Tennille won this match. But after this, we saw a contract signing for Deanna Perrazzo's match. Scott Demore basically maybe trying to use reverse psychology to get her to sign the contract. Which she does sign, but he teased Chelsea Green, he teased the Iconics, he teased Mickey James, and for some reason he teased No Way Jose, which they they have been teasing No Way Jose for quite some time now, which I like. Tommy came in afterwards and he goes, still haven't signed him. So I thought that was funny. We saw Havoc pick up the victory over Tasha Steeles. The end of this match was exactly what I expected and what I hoped for. I do hope that Fire and Flavor retain the tag team titles at Slammiversary, though. 
We saw Kimberly pacing in the hallway outside of Father James Mitchell's room. And Susan walks out. Susan said that Father James Mitchell had a problem summoning Sue Young. Kimberly was like, wait a minute, you know Sue Young? And she gets all scared. She goes to run away. But but Susan catches her. Susan grabs her, throws her into Father James Mitchell's room. So, I don't know if Kimberly is going to change or what's going to happen there, but we did actually see Father James Mitchell later on in the night with the decay and havoc. They sort of just, like, inducted her as one of their own. I don't know if anything's going to happen further with James Mitchell with them. But after that, we saw Steve Macklin pick up the victory over Cal Hero. Quick match. We saw uh, Steve Macklin snap again in this match. And he said that he's done waiting after the match was over. Next matchup saw Chris Bay, Josh Alexander, Petey Williams, and Trey Miguel pick up the victory over Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Rohit Raju, and Shira. It was a good, fast-paced X-Division match here. Shira attacked Bay after the match, but Petey Williams and Josh stopped him. Um, Ace Austin went to use a chair, but Chris Bay grabbed it, used it on Madman Fulton and Shira, and then out of nowhere, he used it on Trey Miguel and Josh Alexander. He is on his own side. He is not choosing sides here. And again, still have no idea why he would have had to. After this backstage, Brian Meyer spoke to Hernandez and asked for help because he had to take uh, he had to tell Jake something that he's a professional. Hernandez said no, and then he runs into somebody backstage that we didn't see. He asked for their help to come out with him and back him up because they knew about Matt Cardona being uh, not so great. But Brian goes out to the ring and calls Jake something out. Jake brings out Matt Cardona with him. And he calls him a professional, but he basically made fun of Jake something. They start to brawl. And just as Matt Cardona went to hit the reboot, he gets low blowed. And it's Tennille. I marked out for that. Definitely wouldn't have expected that. But after this, Cardona said that he didn't come to Impact for Brian. But Scott shows up and said, I was originally going to make a one-on-one match for you guys at, at Slammiversary. But now maybe you could find yourself a female to tag with against Brian and Tennille. Again, teasing Chelsea Green. If she's not clear to wrestle, I think I would lose my mind for Awesome Kong. But I also think Summer Rae would be a cool surprise. We have not seen her in quite some time. Um, But I kind of don't think it'll be Chelsea Green. After this, the main event was not the main event. We saw Moose pick up the victory over Hernandez. I, uh, what, where, how has Hernandez gotten to this point? I feel like he's gotten too soft in impact. I don't, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, he ran Impact. In, like, in my memory, he ran Impact at one point. 
with LAX. But Moose, after the match, goes to snap Hernandez's ankle in the chair. Chris Saban runs out, brawls with Moose. That's the end of that. That's just hype for Slammiversary. The main event, though, Joe Doring picked up the victory over Willie Mack, Gallows, and Fala. I could have done without this match. It didn't really get me hyped for the match at Slammiversary. I understand why they did this match. It was pretty much the same match last week, just with the other competitors. They're, they're tag team partners, but I definitely could have done without that. Slammiversary, their first uh, Impact Wrestling show to have fans back in quite some time. Taking place this Saturday at Skyway Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. We are going to see Matt Cardona and a and a partner of his choosing versus Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood. I'm going to say Matt Cardona and his mystery partner pick up the victory here. Eddie Edwards will be taking on W. Morrissey. I would like to see W. Morrissey win this match, but I feel like Eddie Edwards is going to win this. But I'm going to say W. Morrissey. For the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships, the Fire uh, Fire and Flava will be taking on Havoc and Rosemary. I'm sticking with Fire and Flava here. For the Impact Knockouts Championship, Deanna Perrazzo will be defending the title against a mystery opponent. I am going to say... I'm going to say... I'm going to say Deanna... I'm going to say the mystery opponent. The mystery opponent will be taking that title from her for the impact world tag team championships. We have violent by design defending those titles against rich Swan and Willie Mack TJP and follow Ba and the good brothers. I'm going to say violent by design, retain the titles here. Chris Saban will be facing moose. I'm going to say Chris Saban, Josh Alexander will be defending the X division championship match in the all ultimate X match. Against Petey Williams, Trey Miguel, Chris Bay, Rohit Raju, and Ace Austin. I hope Josh Alexander retains this championship. They were started to build him up as this big megastar. And then he kind of just like fell off over the past month or month and a half. But the main event, no DQ match for the Impact World Championship. So you know a bunch of uh, shenanigans will happen there. Kenny Omega defending the title against Sammy Callahan. I think it's a pretty obvious outcome. I think it's safe to say that Kenny Omega is retaining the the championship there. So that's AEW Slammiversary. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? Why did the chicken cross the road to listen to Brandon's shout outs? Waka waka. The first shout out goes to Monsters at Work. The uh, brand new animated series based off of Monsters, Inc. And I guess Monsters University as well. Uh, The cast, super stacked. I'm enjoying what they have out there so far. Three episodes out so far. Billy Crystal stars in it. John Goodman, Henry Winkler, Mindy Kaling. So many more people. So uh, definitely check out Monsters at Work if you were a fan of Monsters, Inc. Were you a fan of Monsters, Inc.? You probably never saw it. I loved I loved Monsters Inc. Did but you never saw Monsters University? I did. Oh, you I did. I like the original first. The original. Well, I mean Monsters Inc. <laughs> Not Monsters University. Monsters University, I thought was a decent prequel. It was. It, it was decent, but And then Monsters I like at the... Work, I think is a great uh 
I guess you'd call it a sequel series. But I haven't uh, seen that one. Well, I mean, it just came out last week, so. And it's on that Disney+. Plus. It. You haven't seen any of the Disney Plus shows. Nope. But the next shout-out goes to Hot Mess by Downstate, which is Chelsea Green's brand-new finisher, not finisher, theme song. And I uh, I really enjoy it. It, like, kind of reminds me of Bon Jovi, maybe some Motley Crue mixed in with some country, some some heavy metal rock. I, uh, I really like this track, and I can't I- wait to purchase it on iTunes or Apple Music or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I thought that, I think that this theme song is awesome. I I love the intro to it too with the wedding chapel aspect. Yeah. Very and, cool. And uh she showed up at Ring of Honor Best in the World this past week. Originally going to yeah. wrestle in the uh the tournament, but I guess she's not cleared to wrestle yet. Yeah, I definitely and I think that that's very exciting considering that she I guess went on record saying that Ring of Honor is one of the places that she has never wrestled before and she had an interest of in wrestling there, so yeah, that's gonna be very cool. Yeah, so I definitely I listened to this song on loop a few times, and like I said, I want to purchase it. I think it comes out the end of this month. And uh, my my next shout out is not a shout out. It's another anti shout out going to Peacock, Whoa. just like last week, basically for the same reason as last week. With new information, I completely forgot. First of all, that we were supposed to get that Nexus documentary in June. I thought it was going to be like later summer, but it get it got quietly canned. Lex Luger's WWE Icons episode, canned. Wait, canned? Yeah. And like... as of now, there's no set date for any of these things. Last week, we were supposed to see a new Broken Skull Sessions with Kevin Nash. It was NWO week. Canned. No reason to So given. what do you mean canned? Like they're never going to... As of now, there's no plans to release it. Huh. No reasons were given. I don't understand what's going on. It also annoys me that 205 Live now takes 15 days from the first airing to be uploaded. Like, I'm... Like, we we record after SmackDown, so there's almost no way of us seeing... 205 live as it airs mm-hmm. so it's very annoying to be 15 days out of sync and this is something i think that like just happened recently plus peacock's always late to post nxt uk sometimes even 15 minutes late WWE got their money out of this deal the fans got screwed i just don't understand what's happening here but those are my shout outs. Now it's time for our moment of the week. That is right, our mark out moment of the week. Did you mark out over over anything? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I marked out for supporting my CM Punk shirt at Wrigley Field. Um, it didn't get noticed by anybody there. But it did get noticed on by some of the students because I posted a, a picture of me with uh, the, the professor. 
uh, Dr. Singh posted a picture of the two of us. And I'm sorry. I said, was Marianne there? Uh, No, no, she was not. She was off sunbathing. Um, But so we posted a picture. And of course, some of the students recognized that I had a CM Punk shirt on. And I'm like, that's awesome that you're recognizing that that's a CM Punk shirt. Awesome stuff. Marking out for that. Um, besides that, something I did not mark out for. Uh, Delta, 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 Delta. I didn't even think I told you this. But uh, my flight was totally delayed by many, many hours because we got on the flight. And then, I know this is mark out more of the week. But this is totally me marking out because I was going crazy. I was not going crazy. But I, it was... So we get on the airplane, and then they tell us that we can't take off because there's maintenance issues. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is no, a story no. where wait this a is a story where wait a I minute. like dude. If if we stop recording, I'm gonna totally forget to tell this. <laughs> but but I I think this past week, I think BB Rexa tweeted the same thing out. Really? Like with Delta and they I think they told her it was am I wrong with this? I don't know. I feel like I feel like I saw her say that. Maybe I was and on they the flight the, with the, the 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 that same exact answer. I wonder if I was on the flight with her. Like we're sitting on the airplane and then they're just we're sitting 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 and they're like we're sorry but we're waiting for a mechanic to come over because we're having maintenance issues. We're sitting sitting sitting. Then they're like, okay, we're going to have to deboard the airplane and put you on a new airplane. So then they had to cart us off to a different terminal. We get onto the airplane, and then we're sitting there, sitting there. We're like, okay, la-di-da, we're going to take off. We're sorry, but we're waiting for new pilots to come on board. The other pilots have to uh, clock out. Like, they were going to go into overtime mid-air going to Chicago and they couldn't have that happen so they had to wait to switch out different pilots wow yeah totally crazy Um, but obviously did finally get to Chicago but yeah oh it was going to Chicago yeah that was that was going to I think JFK if if I'm not if I'm not making this up I think her flight was going to New York Oh, no, no. But I, I don't know. I, maybe I'm. I don't know. With Chicago? That. But was as far as markout moments go, I saw a clip from 1991 this week, and I don't think I ever saw it. But it's from All Japan Pro Wrestling of Andre the Giant in a tag team match facing Cactus Jack. And I have never. Wow. I don't think I've ever seen that. So I definitely popped at seeing that. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Uh, also, I, I popped at uh, Greek God Papadon wrestling in, in a uh, tag team match, teaming with Sean Maluda to lose to Dark Order on AEW Dark this week. Always cool to see talent from Long Island on AEW and other companies. And then also... Of course... Amazon Prime recommended me a movie this week called Changeland. And I saw that it was directed by Seth Green, so I watched the trailer. And Randy Orton shows up in it. And I've never heard of this movie before. I don't know how... I how feel do you like randomly watch a movie and then he shows up on it? 
it made no sense, but Brecken Meyer was in it, Macaulay Culkin was in it, Brenda Song. I just have no clue how I've never heard of it, especially since Randy Orton was in it. So that was pretty cool, and I thought he did pretty well in the, the movie. So yeah, check it out if you have uh, Amazon Prime, Changeland. One huh. word. Um, also, I marked out for George Hole on uh, AEW. You know, Ooh. formerly Robo the Punjabi Lion. Oh. Yeah, definitely marked out with him being uh, featured on AEW, especially with his involvement with Matt Hardy right now. So, marked out for that. I think he's going to have a bright future ahead of him. Yeah. So, Anything else you mark out for? No, that was uh, that was the mark out moment of the week. That was episode 545. You follow us on Twitter, marking out. BTTG161, Chris Dog at DavidPTDPT. David and I are also on Instagram, those same addresses. Marking out 11 on Instagram and YouTube, Facebook.com slash Marking Out. Follow us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio. MarkingOut.com is another place you can listen to the show. Twitch.tv slash Marking Out. Use the code REGARDLESS to get yourself 20% off and free shipping over at Manscaped.com. And buy some new shirts over at ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. I'm uh, Brandon. That's David. We wish you the... the... Best, best of luck in your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week.